see me. <laughs> That's probably the first thing. So, as Christian said, we are continuing our theme this morning of unsung heroes. As I said in the nine o'clock, when Phil asked me, my first thought was to speak about my mum and dad, because to me, they are my heroes. But I know this morning that we, we want to bring some context from the Bible so that we can all grasp this, so that we can all um, understand where we're going. So talking about unsung heroes, there's lots of people in the Bible that we all know very well. But this morning I want to bring a guy to you that some of you may have heard of, some of you may not have heard of. What I would say was that there's certain books of the Bible that I have to be honest, when I get to them in my uh, yearly Bible reading, I probably flick through these verses of the Bible a little bit quick. Do any of you um, do that? There's certain parts of the Bible that you sort of flick through or you switch off a little. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, I'm talking about 1 Chronicles and the first nine verses of 1 Chronicles. Now, this talks about the genealogy of the Hebrews. And it talks about Noah begat so-and-so, and so-and-so was a gatekeeper, and he was a brother of so-and-so, and Fred was the sister of Paul. Yeah, okay, not quite, but you get, you get the meaning. We all sort of switch off a little bit, don't we? But right in the middle of these nine chapters in Chronicles... The writer stops to tell us in chapter 4 about a little guy, well, he could have been a big guy, it doesn't actually tell us, called Jabez. Now, a few years ago, there was a book around, it was such quite big in the Christian circles, The Prayer of Jabez. Can any of you remember that? Yeah? Now, I'm, I'm not, um, that hasn't stuck with me for the last so many years, but as I prayed to God about what to bring to us this morning, all I could hear was about this prayer of Jabez. So, right in the middle of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we get to verse 9, where he's going on and on about who begat who and who was the brother of who, and the writer stops to tell us just two verses about Jabez. So, here is verse 9. Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but... His mother named him Jabez, which means sorrow maker, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, can I just pause there before I go on to actually talk about what I'd like to set the scene, what I'd like to talk about. What was she thinking? <laughs> His mom called him Jabez. Now, when you mums out there have become pregnant, and you dads as well, I know you like to be involved in the naming of the children, you look at all the different names, you look at what's fashionable, what's trendy, and a lot of us these days, we get the baby books out, you look at what they mean, and you look for something that has got a good meaning, don't you? Yes? But Jabez's mother named him Sorrow Maker. Now, can you imagine what a start this was for this poor guy? I mean, it's really not good, isn't it? Is it? Now, when we had, um, when we were pregnant with Josh, and uh, Chris and I sort of chatted through, you know, what name should we give him? And I'd thought of, you know, good old David and Paul and, you know, good biblical names. And Chris said, what about Josh? And I went, oh, everybody will say, oh, gosh, Josh. That's all I could, <laughs> that's all I could think about. Now, <laughs> sorry, son. 
too late. Son, will you forgive me later? <laughs> but what I wanted to tell you was, we named him Joshua because we liked the name, we looked at what it meant. When we brought him to the dedication, um, which many of you will remember Alfred Misson, Alfred Misson picked Joshua up in his arms and he declared over him, be bold and be strong because God is with you. And he also said prophetic words about he's going to be a great leader. Now, I'd not even, I have to be honest, thought about that when we named him Joshua. But there is an element that certainly in the Hebrew days as well, that the names they gave the children had a prophetic meaning. So fancy naming your child Sorrow Maker or I bore you in pain. Can you imagine at school? is that guy who's a pain. You know, I mean, it must have been awful for him. What I'm trying to say is, when I go on to talk about this prayer of Jabez this morning, that no matter whether you have had a life where you've had bad things declared over you, where perhaps your mum and dad didn't say good things to you, or whether you've had a life where you've had parents who have loved you. We have a blank canvas here this morning because God says, no matter what anybody's declared about you, no matter what's been said in the past, today, cry out to me and I will answer your prayers, not what your mum and dad have said, not what other people have said, but I will answer your cry to me. And Jabez knew the power of calling on God. It says in verse 9 that Jabez was honourable above his brothers because I believe he called on the word of the Lord and he called on, on God. So there's actually only two little verses in the whole of the Bible that talks to us about Jabez. So what I want to do this morning is I believe that there's four prayers here in verse 10 that Jabez um, actually says that I would like to break down and bring to us this morning. Jabez cried to God, it says in verse 10. And what he said was, oh, that you would bless me indeed. That you would increase my territory. Prayer number three, that your hand would be with me. And prayer number four, that you would keep me from evil so it might not hurt me. And then what does it say? Four great words, and God granted his request. Now, the first thing I want to say here, that prayer there took me a whole of 60 seconds, perhaps, one minute to pray that prayer. Was it a simple prayer? Yes. Was it something that you could say before you rush out the door in the morning and get on your knees? God, today, bless me indeed. May your hand be with me. Is it something that we could all do and find time to do? Yeah. It is. But so often, we complicate our prayer life. We complicate and put so many other things. Well, God, I can't give you half an hour. I've got the kids. I've got to get to work. I've got to pack the lunch. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And all God says is, just give me one minute then. Just give me two minutes. Come to me every day. I'm asking you to just dedicate your day to me before you go out. And we can put Facebook. We've got to update my status this morning. Julie is about to have a really rough day. You know, we can update all this stuff on Facebook and put it out there on Twitter. Are you young guys? You know what I'm talking about. But we can't find one minute just to spend before God and bring our simple prayers to him. 
We can also bring prayers where we, we try and change and God just says, oh God up there in heaven, please hear me today. And all God would say is just come as you are. Don't complicate it. Keep it simple. I wasn't taking the mick out of anybody there at all. I'm just saying we need to keep it simple. So Jabez's first prayer, point number one, if you're making notes, oh, that you would bless me indeed. This was his first prayer. You know, going back a few years ago, there was this, I think, whether you call it a movement or a thing out there in all Christian circles where it was the blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, all that sort of stuff, which I am not advocating at all, I have to say, this morning. I do believe that God wants us to bring our requests to him, that God wants to hear our prayers. But I am saying that this prayer of Jabez was not in that category. He was not saying, bless me, God, give me, give me, give me. He was saying, bless me, God, with all that you have got for me. You know, our prayer lives can sometimes be very selfish. Our prayer lives can be just about me. But on the other hand, I don't want us to miss anything that God has got for us. Because I have heard Christians say, well, I I don't really pray for me because isn't that selfish? Shouldn't I be praying for everybody else? Yes, we should be praying for other people. But we should find time to come before God. And I believe every single day and say, God, what have you got for me today? Father, you are my Father. You long to bless me. You know, what are we declaring each day before we go out the house? Are we thinking, well, I've got all this stuff to deal with today. How am I going to get through it? Do we go out the house declaring the favor of God, the blessing of God is with me? Or are we going out the house declaring and looking at all the problems we have to deal with? So I do believe every day it's important that we speak words of life, that we speak not words of death, as it says in Proverbs. You remember probably a few years ago the uh, the Ready Break advert, some of you probably can, where in the morning the little boy would have his big bowl of porridge, his big bowl of Ready Break, and then he'd step out the door and he'd have this lovely glow around him. Do you remember that? And he would have this glow about him. And I really feel, guys, and know that personally from my experience, if I haven't had time to spend with God, if I haven't come before him and said, God, what is your desire for me today? I don't feel as equipped as I could do. I know that when I go out full of God is with me, the favor of God is on me, the blessing of God, no matter whether it looks like it's not, no matter whether it looks like I'm having a really bad week, just to get up and declare it, then God is with me. I feel like I'm a ready bread girl when I walk out the house. Amen? Don't we all want to feel like that? So here are some of the promises of God that I believe we should be declaring each day. Deuteronomy 8 says, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Surely, goodness and mercy follow me every day. Jeremiah said, the Lord has plans to bless you and prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. The psalmist said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If you're fearful today, declare that scripture. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Are we declaring it, guys? Are we speaking words of life? Or do we just look at the problem and not 
to the problem solver. We used to sing a lovely chorus a few years ago. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. And even, guys, years and years and years ago, got this principle, oh, bless me now. I need thee, Father. And we need to just know that in our asking, we are not just asking selfishly. We're asking for God's fullness, God's blessing, God's favor, and declaring it on our lives. So some of the things that I don't believe Jabez was asking for, not that these are wrong per se, but this, if this is our main prayer every day, then it would be wrong. Oh God, that you would give me a Porsche Turbo today. God, that you would send me a six-foot blonde with blue eyes today. Oh, God, that you would give me a 50,000-pound wage rise. Now, guys, please understand me. There is nothing wrong with God blessing us. If God's blessed you with a 50-grand pay rise, praise the Lord. Don't forget to tithe, okay? But you get what I'm saying. Jabez was saying, God, I'm asking you to bless me, and I'm leaving it to you, God, how you bless me. I'm trusting you that no matter what I go through in this day, you are with me, and I am going to praise you regardless of the circumstance. Amen? Amen. So, point number two, Jabez. He started with, God bless me. He realizes that once God is pouring out on your life, that the next step in our spiritual walk is enlarge my territory or enlarge my borders as some versions say again I really don't think this was a selfish prayer of Jabez this wasn't a give me more houses give me a bigger wardrobe give me a bigger car give me more property this was a God I know if I am going to achieve everything in my life that you want me to achieve I need to step out and do more for you I know going back several years ago when I first started um, being a worship leader and I was asked to be a a worship leader back in my old church at at Bosworth Street in in Mansfield. And one of the first things that went through my head was, God, I can't be a worship leader. I I don't know any of the latest songs. I'm not really a very good musician and the guy who was leading worship at the time was a good musician. And I can remember thinking to myself, God, I can't do it. But I started to step out and say, okay, God, If this is of you, I'm going to do it. Then once we'd started doing the worship band, the next thing was, why don't you start a youth band? Oh, God, I ain't got enough time in the day. I've got a full-time job. I've got two kids. I'm already leading worship. I stepped out and did it. Do you know, it's amazing how God can help us and empower us if we just start to step out and do it. It's surprising what you can fit in your day If you have a heart that says, God, enlarge my borders. Some of the things that, you know, I've heard people say is, well, you know, I want this really big ministry, God. I want to go around the world for you. And God would say, just be faithful with the little things that are in your life right now. Just start being faithful. If you're on the cake ministry team at church, start baking a few more cakes. If you are helping a neighbor who's perhaps, you know, old and, and needs you to take the wheelie bin out, be faithful in the small things and God will take you on 
to be faithful in the much. Don't just expect some big ministry to open, some big thing. God would say, start stepping out, being faithful with the small. Going back um, probably, I don't know, 18 months ago, um, I, I could feel certain things in my life making me feel very pressured, making me feel like shrinking back, making me feel like saying, God, this is just too much for me. I can't do everything I'm doing with all we went through with the business was a very difficult time for me. And I can remember thinking this prayer as I'd started to step out to do things for God and, and thinking, well, why can't I just go back to being in an office, you know, being just sat doing a few letters, just doing this, doing that. Why can't I go back to that? Because that was easy. And I just felt God say to me, well, that's what the children of Israel did. You know, they were praying that they wanted to move on to, a, to the promised land. There's always a wilderness experience in there somewhere before you get there. And they moaned and groaned that they wanted to go back to Egypt. And I said, God, I'm sorry. God, help me to just be all that you want to be. You want me to be. Enlarge my borders. Let me keep pushing forward to be everything you want me to be. And in, in enlarging our borders, I actually... This took me a while to pray this prayer. Are there some prayers that you know God wants you to pray, but you're actually a little bit scared to do it because you know it's going to require more from you? Come on, let's be honest. There's some prayers you're scared to pray because you know this is going to require more. So after that time of, of sort of shrinking back, I really felt God, and I'd been reading a book on the power of simple prayer by Joyce Meyer, and I just felt God saying, Julie, your prayer life, is so focused around you and your needs and your family and, and all that's in your world, I need you to, to start being more outward focusing with your prayers. That was just my personal experience at the time. And I felt a desire to pray, God, open my eyes to see what you see and open my ears to hear what you hear because I'm so focused in my world and I want to see your world. So I got down on my knees, and week after week and day after day, I would pray this simple prayer, God, open my eyes. I might add, with reservation, because I knew there was going to be a price to pay. God was enlarging my borders. So um, some of the young people will know, because Josh shared uh, the youth going back several months ago, that, that I'd had an experience driving along in the car and I'd stopped and, and helped it. Well, anyway, I've had another one of those I'd just like to share with you. And this is not to gloat about me. This is to, to just say how amazing God is when you ask him to show you things in your world where you can be bigger for him, he does it. So I'm driving along from work last week and uh, uh, just as I'm driving up the street, I noticed this very old lady stood at the side of the road, and she's, she's actually bent over, and she's got a walking stick, and she's struggling, and she looked quite fearful. And I saw her stood there, and I thought, she's just waiting for a lift, Julie. You know, don't, don't worry too much about it. It was my flesh reaction. But I felt the Spirit of God say, stop and ask her if she's okay. So, as a good, dutiful Christian did, I just drove by. <laughs> And I got, I got further up the road, and it's as if God switched it up a little knot. Julie, stop and help her. And I just sensed this. I don't know if any of you have wanted to step out and do something, and you felt that fear, but you know it's God, but you're trying to pretend it's not God because you don't really want to do it. It was one of those moments. 
And I got to the roundabout and I thought, I've got to go back. I've got, because I just felt, ah. I turned around. I went back. The minute I turned and made the decision I was going to do what God had asked me to do, the peace of God just came. It was just wonderful all over my life. I said at the nine o'clock meeting, this encounter I had last week, you could have given me 50 quid, 1,000 quid, 5,000 quid, would not meant as much to me as this experience here that I had with God because I'd said, God, open my eyes, enlarge my border. It was a simple thing. It took all of 10 minutes. So, getting back to the story, I went back to the lady, poured up. I went over to her. She looked about 120. I have to be honest, I think she was in her 80s, but she wasn't quite sure. So I, um, I helped, I, I stopped and I said, hello. I said, is everything okay? She said, oh, duck. She said, could you give me a lift? I said, yes, where are you going? I'm going to the community centre. What's on at the community centre? She said, well, I go to this group there every week about this time. And I'm thinking, I don't know if she does. I'll, I'll just help her into the car. So I've got her in the car. All sorts of things are going through my mind now. I, this lady could have escaped, you know, you don't know, no, don't you? But she was an old lady. She was struggling, bless her, to, 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 to walk. She gets in the car. I go around the other side. I put a seatbelt on, and I said to her, God bless you. And at that point, she turned to me, and she said, I was just stood praying that somebody would stop and give me a lift, and you have answered my prayer. We both broke down and cried in the car together. Then she just starts pouring out her heart about her husband's gone to be with the Lord and her daughter's in heaven and died tragically when she was young and, and all these things. And it was such a wonderful, wonderful time. So we get to the community center. I get her out of the car. I take her in, expecting to see old group's tea party time or, or some, you know, like a little ministry time. It's the little children dancing, doing this. Okay, so they're all about three or four, and I'm thinking, is she going to join in? You know, what's the plan? <laughs> Die, you'd have been in your element. You'd have sorted her out. <laughs> so I've got the lady there in the dance hall with the kiddies and speak to the... I, I knew the actual instructor because she used to teach Jordan years and years ago. We had such a big hug together, uh, Kath and I, I said, Kath, do you know this lady? She says she's coming to this group. She said, well, she comes most weeks, but she hasn't got a lift this week. The guy who normally comes and brings her hasn't brought her. So Kath said, could you take her home? Because I, I can't look after her. Will you take her home? So I turned around and looked at Cynthia, and Cynthia said, please let me stay. I'm ever so lonely. Will you just let me stay? All she wanted was half an hour out the house with those kids and God allowed me the blessing of being the answer. So I went home and I took her home back to her house half an hour later. But guys, you know, if I hadn't have prayed that prayer, God, open my eyes, open my ears, let me see what you see, I honestly don't think I would have had the privilege of that time. So point number three, that your hand would be with me. I just started to think, why did Jabez pray for God's hand rather than um, God be with me? And just as I was asking God, what does that mean? Why did Jabez pray for the hand? 
I just had that phrase into my ear. When we are generally in need of help, when we are generally re saying, I can't do this task on my own, what do we say? Can you give me a hand? And I just felt God just say into my spirit right there and then, every day of our life should be a dependence on the living God. We're not saying we can get through this life. I can't do all that I do if God wasn't with me. And God wants us as his children. Parents, we love it when our kids need us. I mean, I know there's times where you think, give me a break. But when, this, when they're very little and you want to break, not now, not now, kids, don't you get upset. <laughs> but generally, when, generally, as parents, we love it when our kids come to us and say, can you help me? And you know, God says, when you are weak, I am strong. We need that dependence every day that says, God... If you don't come through today, I'm stuffed. <laughs> God, if you don't help me in this situation, it ain't going to happen. And what, how great to achieve things in life that you know, we know, people on looking can say, we know that God has helped Tracy in that situation because Tracy could not have done it on her own. We know um, God's helped Di in that situation because Di could not have done it on her own. And we, as God's children, he loves us to say, God, this day, God, in all I've got to do in this day, I need you. We can get so very sidelined in stepping out, enlarging our borders. I felt very prophetically as I was praying that God wanted to remind someone here again this morning that you have shrunk back. You have stopped dreaming. And that's that lovely phrase that we had earlier in the year where God said to us, don't get stuck in reality and forget to dream. God would encourage you again this morning, start dreaming. Start looking at where you can enlarge your borders. But God, it's so hard. Yeah, I know it's hard, but God will be with you. I know it's going to be difficult, but God is with you. And God didn't save us, guys. And then take us to heaven for a reason. God saved us and left us here because we should be salt and light in the earth. We're not meant to live selfish lives. We're not meant just to be bothered about me and my business and my kingdom and what I'm doing. We're here to be about his business and his kingdom and everything we have is his. And God would say to us, dream again. Where can I step out? Where can I enlarge my borders? Where can I be all that God wants me to be. So a reliance on God every day that we need his hand. We need his guiding hand, his leading hand, his helping hand, his saving hand, his hand of protection. And finally, that you would keep me from evil, point number four, so that I will not cause pain. When Jesus prayed, the Lord's Prayer that he gave us, one of the things he said to us was, lead me not into temptation. Are we praying about the things in our world that tempt us, that distract us, that oppose us? The one thing that 
I know personally in my life is that when I step out doing anything new for God, when I declare, God, I'm going to do this, that, you're normally tested on it, or the enemy wants to give you a right swipe to bring you back down to reality. You can't do that. You'll even have neighbors, friends, your loved ones perhaps who may hold you back. And God would say to you this morning, listen to what I am saying, come to me and don't allow the enemy to rob you of everything that God has got for you. Don't allow distractions, opposition to hold you back. Our young people, I have heard some of the wonderful stories of Soul Survivor. I want to encourage you that you are now here on the mountaintop. The enemy, just beware, he may want to bring you back down to reality with a crash and say, the promises you made back at Soul Survivor, you can't keep those up. The things that you declared I'm going to do in the future, friends and family around you might say, you'll never achieve that. God would say to you, keep that passion that you have got this last weekend. Keep it. Be consistent. Let's be stable. Let's not be up one week and down the next. Let's just keep going to be all God wants us to be and keep declaring that with him, only with him, can we do it. I said in the nine o'clock that I'd said, to one of the girls in worship a few weeks ago that sometimes I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff. (laughs) But if you do feel like you're there, I've just said, God, you see sometimes how I feel, but thank you that you are with me. Thank you that I've not got to face all that I need to do without you. Thank you that sometimes there's only God can come through to make you do, to achieve everything that is in your heart to achieve. So don't shrink back. Don't allow the enemy to hold you back. Some of the subtle attacks that the enemy can give us is, go on, do that. Everyone else is doing it. Young people, this is a big one. Go on, do it. Everyone else is doing it. It's okay. Go on, say that. No one else cares what they say. Why should you care what you say? Another one, go on, eat that. (laughs) Have your tenth piece of cake, you can diet tomorrow. (laughs) But some of these things will just restrict us and hold us back. You know, with, with everything, we should be doing and saying and living how God wants us to be so that we can be the best that we can be. Don't allow the subtle things to hold us back. We should not um, look to everybody else's example. We should be the example. So finally, in summing up, let's keep our prayers simple. Let's live a life that every day relies on God. You know, that prayer of Jabez there took all of 60 seconds. Surely, in our busy lives, we can just get out of our bed in the morning, kneel at the side of our bed, on the way to work in the car, in our lunch break, in an evening, declare this prayer, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my borders. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil so that I I may not cause pain. And this final thought, what a great thought, God granted his request. Amen. Amen. Do you feel thoroughly encouraged and blessed? Let's stand to our feet, shall we?